I believe in Hashem. I trust in Hashem. There never is a moment when that I am alone and I'm on my own. I believe and I trust in Hashem because I understand that He's holding my hand and every step is perfectly planned. He's holding me tight, so I'll be alright. I believe in There's a certain tefillah that we have been saying from Sliches, Rosh Hashanah, after Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. So many times we say a certain tefillah, and we even open up the Aaron Kodesh before we say that tefillah. They opened up the Aaron Kodesh and we say, Shema Kaleinu. Hashem, listen to our vo- voice. Hashem Alekeinu. Chus v'rachim aleinu, have pity on us. V'kabel v'rachmim v'ratzin es tefilaseinu. And receive with good will our tefillah. And Hashem says, okay, I'm listening. What is your tefillah? So what is the first tefillah that we say after we ask Hashem to listen to us? Hashiveinu Hashem eilecha v'nashuva. What does that mean? Hashivenu, that we say in Shemayna Esrei, we're asking Hashem to help us do tshuva. But in this tefillah, we're saying, Hashivenu, bring us back to the base, Hamikdash, v'nashuva, and we're going to start doing all the tayv and the mitzvahs the way we should be doing it. Bring us back home to Eretz Yisrael, to Yerushalayim, to the base Hamikdash. Renew our days like should be like it was then with the Beis HaMikdash. The same idea is what happens at the end of Ne'ilah. At the end of Ne'ilah, they sound the shofar, and suddenly everyone calls out, the Shonabab Yerushalayim. Is there any connection between the Tekiah and asking for Lashon HaBab Yerushalayim? There's a very big connection. And to understand it, I'm going to tell you a story. It's actually a marshal from the Dubna Magid to explain why right after Ne'ilah, when they sound the shofar, we call out to Hashem, Lashon HaBab Yerushalayim. It's the same meaning like Hashivenu Hashem Elecha. Listen to the Mashal. There was once a king who had a princess, a daughter, a very special girl. Not only she was beautiful, her midas were beautiful. She was intelligent, she was smart. When she got old enough to get married, many different nobles and Princes from other kings, other countries, were introduced to her, and she was not interested. After each time she met someone, she said, I don't like this one. 
He eats too much. I don't like that one. He drinks too much. And like this, she pushed off all the offers of Shiduchim. And time is moving on, and the king is losing his patience. And he said to her, he promised that the next person that walks into the palace, if he is not married, he's going to become your husband. It so happened to be that the next day, a simple peasant from a distant city came into the palace. True to his word, the king engaged them, made them engaged, and said they're getting married. And he made a wedding. <clears throat> the king celebrated. Everybody was happy. Beautiful celebration. After the days of celebration were over, the simple peasant said, now i got to go back home. And I have to take my wife with me. Okay, that was the king's promise that she's becoming his wife. And they left. Once he, he got to his town, he was a simple person. He didn't understand what it means to be married to a princess. So he gave her regular jobs to do. She had to wash the dishes, wash the laundry. In those days, they didn't have washing machines. He had to do it by hand. She had to wash the floors. He didn't know any better. Plus, he didn't have money for any better. He couldn't hire workers. It didn't take long, and the king starts getting letters in the mail from his daughter. She's writing to him, please come and take me home. I'm not comfortable here. I'm working so hard. The people of the town don't appreciate me. They're making fun of me. Come and you won't recognize my beautiful hands became ugly, my face. Please come. So the king thought, okay, she maybe woke up in a bad mood, and everything is bad. Let's give it a few days. Next week, he gets another letter. A week later, another letter. And all these letters were alarming. And the king felt in his heart the pain for her. So he decided to pay a visit. He sent a message to that town that he's going to pay them with a royal visit in three weeks. When they found out about it, they immediately got to work to prepare the town for the king. A royal visit. So they started to wash down the streets, polish the sidewalks. They went to her house, fixed it up. All the leaks and broken windows, they, they changed. They made the house look beautiful. They put flowers and new furniture and curtains. They gave her a beauty treatment. And everything looked so beautiful. When the king came, Everyone and the princess went out to greet him. And everyone calls out, Long live the king! Long live the princess! 
king was so impressed. This is beautiful. Wow. And as he's going, everyone's giving him so much respect. And the king was thinking, what is she complaining about? Finally, he came to the house. He said, this is your house. Looks like a little palace. She brings him in. And they spend time together, delicious food, and they have servants. Everything looks so beautiful. <clears throat> it came towards the end of the day. The king says, okay, my, my daughter, I'm going back to my palace. And she burst out crying. She says, please take me along. She says, why? You're being treated like a real princess here. I'm sure any girl in the world will be happy to be treated the way, we, the way you're treated. You're living in a palace. Everyone shows you so much respect. And she says, Daddy, it's only now because you came that they're acting this way. But wait, as soon as you leave, they're going back to their old habits. And I'm going to suffer terribly. Really? The king felt very bad for her. And he asked the Hassan to come into a room. He wants to speak with him privately. Takes him into a room and says, You know, you married my daughter and she's a princess. Can you explain what's going on? Tears welled up in his eyes, and he says, Majesty the king, she surely deserves a very good treatment. But what should I do? I'm a simple peasant. I work hard all day. I don't have enough money to hire servants and workers. So she ends up doing all the work. And the people here in town, they don't know how to appreciate a princess. They make fun of her because they don't know how special she is. But you are a mighty king, and what you could do, take me and her to your palace, and we'll live there. And when we come to your palace, you're going to see how nice she will be treated. You'll see how nice I can treat her. This is the mashal. What's the nimshal? The Tyra is Hashem's, like Hashem's daughter, the princess. When Hashem created the world, He says, I'm giving the Tyra to Adam. And the Tyra began to cry. No, he eats too much. He ate from the Eitz Adas. Okay, I'll give you to Noyach. No, he drinks too much wine. Finally, Hashem gave it to the Jewish people, to the Yidden. And the Torah, during the year, is complaining to Hashem. This Yid did not learn Torah for a whole day. This one didn't do a certain mitzvah. This one did an Avera. The Torah is complaining. They're not keeping me properly. They're not giving me the honor and respect that I deserve. Can you please take me back up? And Hashem says, you know what? I'm going to pay a visit. I'm going to check up on the Yidden. 
and I'm going to judge them. When does Hashem judge us? On Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. But Hashem sends us a messenger, beginning from Rosh Chodesh Elul. We blow the shofar to remind us, wake up, start doing tshuva. And what do we do? We start saying more kapit tilim, we daven better, we learn better, we give tzedakah, we all do tshuva. By the time we come to Rosh Hashanah, we're all clean, clean from sin. And good achlot is for the next year. It comes Yom Kippur. We're standing a shul 24 hours, a whole day, like Malachim. We don't even eat. Then it comes to the end of Yom Kippur. The Shechina is more revealed on Yom Kippur than any time of the year. It comes to the end of Yom Kippur. We're about to blow the shofar. One of the reasons for blowing of the shofar is to let us know that the Shechina is going back the way it is during the whole year. And the Torah starts complaining to Hashem. Hashem, please don't go away. Why not? Look at them. They're like Malachim. They're like angels. Yeah, because today is Yom Kippur. And you're examining them. But right after Yom Kippur, what happens the next day? They start going back to their habits. Neglecting me. Not keeping Torah mitzvahs. Hashem says, let me speak to the chasan. The Torah is the kala, and we are the chasan. So Hashem says to the Yitten, what? Is this the way to take care of my princess, the Torah? So the Yitten say back to Hashem, you're right, we should be keeping the Torah properly. But what can we do? We're living amongst Goyim. We're living in poverty. We're living in, with so many tzadis of Golos. The Goyim don't know how to appreciate Yidin or the Torah. But you're a great king, Hashem. You could take us to your Beis HaMikdash, to your palace, bring the Geula, and then you'll see how we'll keep Torah and Mitzvahs. You'll be satisfied. Everyone will be satisfied. That's why, after the sounding of the Shofar, which means the Shekhinah is parting, and Torah is crying, and Hashem says to, to the Yid, no. So we say, Lashana Hababi Lashlaim, we pray for Geula. That's what the Pasuk means. Hashivenu Hashem Ilacha, bring us back to you, to your base Hamikdash, Vinashuva, and we'll come back and do all the Taita Mitzvahs properly. When Hashem hears that, Hashem says, okay, I'm doing that. And Tav Shin Pei Dalit becomes the Shnas HaGaula. Amen.